This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hola. Hello, this call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow, ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow, now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier, thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello and welcome to The Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker, Alan Shearer and Micah Richards. It's an international break. It's a Sunday. There's no Premier League football to look forward to this afternoon. What are we going to do with ourselves? Seriously, honest, we need football so much in our lives, don't we? Because today I'm in London going to watch the NFL. I don't know the rules. I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about it, but I'm just filling time. But it's, at the, yeah. it's at the Spurs Stadium, so yeah. How much did you pay for those tickets? Uh, pay? Big Beaks don't pay for exactly. that. <laughs> they pay him for going, don't they? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So, who's playing? Um, he hasn't is. got a clue. Yeah. Got- <laughs> yeah. It is the Titans. And the Ravens. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and and who's, playing up, who's playing up front for the Titans? <laughs> Is that how it works? I can see you as a, a linebacker or something. I know, I've got the size and I've got the, yeah. Well, you've got the size, really that, the speed, Micah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, you'd have been really good at that sport. What, what are you nodding at, Al? What are you nodding at? I'm nodding at you could definitely, you, you've got the pads on already there, haven't you? You, did, you, you wouldn't need any protection. <laughs> <laughs> How's your weekend, Al? Well, I was, as per normal, I played golf and I was shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, apart from that, no, I was looking forward to uh, speaking to you guys this morning. So, yeah, good to see you again. What about you, Gaz? What Mate. about you? You always ask us, what about you? What have you done? Any dates? Any more cooking? What, no, no, what's, what's no, going on? no, no dates, Micah. I'm cooking, yes, I've been cooking a bit. Um, I'll cook today. But just, um, well, it was obviously most people hate the international break, but I don't mind it because I get a, a, a little weekend off where I don't have to traipse up to Manchester, much as I love doing match of the day. But it's nice sometimes just to chill out at home. You know, when Micah announced it last week that you're single and you might be oh. going out on date, did you have the Blue Rinse Brigade come and all, con- all contact you? You must have had, you must have had loads of them bringing you up. Yes, Gary, uh, I'll have dinner with you. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, uh, no, not one. 
Is really? That, uh, no, I, <laughs> although I haven't checked my DMs yet. Maybe someone's. <laughs> Oh dear. No, not, not at all. Uh, it's funny you're talking about the blue rinse mob. And, um, and I, I was looking in the mirror the other day and I, I, I'd never seen it before, but I, I spotted a grey hair on my head. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, your phone would have been going off the charts with dates for you. Uh, the, the, the absolute plus. opposite. <laughs> the absolute opposite. Um, no, I was staying in on my own. Um, uh, England, Australia, and there's so much to enjoy. Obviously, Gareth was um, putting out, I suppose, what you call a second string or most of it. Um, mm. Who impressed you? I, do you know what? I actually fell asleep for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a go at me being old, Michael. <laughs> I, I fell asleep. Which 20 minutes do you fall asleep for? The, the, sometime in the second half. <laughs> you miss, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, missed the goal. That's what I was. I missed do. the goal. Yeah, I missed the yeah. goal, believe it or not. But uh, obviously I watched it back. It, was, it wasn't great, was it? It no. wasn't a great game. I mean, what, what do you think, what purpose those kind of games serve I suppose just a chance to have a look at some of the players that he thinks yeah. are on the periphery of things yeah yeah I, I mean I would say we've been critical of Southgate for not giving other people a chance we talk about yeah. players coming to the squad and they know what they can do so I actually really enjoyed seeing Madison there seeing a link up with Grealish seeing what Watkins could do up front Tamori getting a run out Caldwell doing doing well making his debut so Sam, Sam Johnston, we talked about the goalkeeper yeah. situation. Who's going to be the, the number one come, come the, the, the Euro. So I think, I think it's brilliant. You get to see some, you know, mm. new players, fresh ideas. And it wasn't the greatest game. I actually thought Australia was the, the better team, if I'm being totally honest. But it was good to see, you know, fresh faces. Do you think it's mentally tough for those guys? Because, mm -hmm. I don't know, let's use uh, Ollie Watkins as an example. I mean, Great for him, great that he scores, but even if he scores a hat-trick, he knows he's he knows he's not playing on Tuesday against Italy, doesn't he? Do you think do you think mentally it's tough for those guys coming in knowing that whatever happens in that game, there's gonna be a totally different team. There's probably gonna be eight, nine, even ten changes, yeah. I guess, for, for the Italy game. You know what it's like though, Alan. You know, you, you when you get the opportunity you know, even if you're behind someone in the pecking order, even if you're behind a great like Harry Kane, you also know that Harry Kane is now in his 30s. So, and also, we also know that injuries can happen and stuff like that. So, if you're a player, I think understand about the pressure because, you know, it's almost like one chance saloon, isn't yeah, it? You've it, yeah. got to yeah. impress. But, you know, mm. I, I always thought when I was playing and breaking into the England team, I used to say, right, you've got to make it happen. Yeah. You've got to make it out. It's no good getting all tight and uptight, but you've just got to go out there and, I don't know, with determination and this is your chance. This is your chance that you've always waited for. And you never know what might happen down the line. Yeah, I totally agree. It is, it is, it is tougher for those, for those lads coming in knowing mm. that uh, you've got to take your opportunity because the next one might be a few months away if, if there is a next one. It's just different though, is it? Because... You two's mindset, we've talked about this before, is elite, isn't it? So it's not elite when you start though, Micah. When you right. start breaking into the team. You yeah. you have to you have to earn that. Yeah, but you have that certain confidence to be the number one. So a lot of players in that squad, 
like you've mentioned with, with Harry Kane or Alan's mentioned, he, they know they're not going to be Harry Kane, but what can they do to be the next best thing? So it's just about the mentality switches a little bit. It's sort of like when I was at Manchester City, I was number one, Zabaleta came into the team. I knew I had to adjust my mindset because I was no longer number one. And it's different for you guys because you guys have always been number one. Probably not to the to the end, but you know, throughout your career, it's. I just think it's a little bit of a different mindset. Well, you get into the England side, and then it's. So if if you do become the number one, Mike, you then have to justify that by performances and your statistics and all that sort of thing. I'll be honest. I was. I think I was slightly fortunate as I, you know, I broke into the England side quite late. But also in in that era, we weren't blessed with like loads of brilliant goal scorers. There was. Mark Haightley was more of, you know, the hold-up player. Um, there was, uh, who else was around? Tony Cotty, Kerry Dixon. Kerry Dixon yeah. But if you go to, and, and they were excellent strikers and good goal scorers, but if you go to Alan's time, I mean, you had like, a lot of competition there, Ali. It must have been, you know, Fowler and... Um, Fowler, Wright. Right, uh, yeah. Collymore, Ferdinand. Sheringham. Cole, Sheringham. Yeah. Letizier. Who was the... The best out of them, would you say? Alan, Alan Shearer. Put, put, you, <laughs> put yourself aside for a moment. Mm. Who would you have picked to play that number nine role? Finishing-wise, uh, the best finisher for me, natural finisher, was Robbie Fowler. Robbie Fowler, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I just, I mean, Andy Cole was some finisher yeah. as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah. his, time at, his time at Newcastle with Peter Beardsley, Andy Cole was, was ridiculously good. I mean, yeah. it, they, they were a lethal partnership. Um and he was flying then. Uh, Les Ferdinand, is, I mean, Les yeah. was just was un- incredible as well. On his day, unplayable, couldn't play him, too strong, too quick, great in the air, good touch as well, and obviously he could score yeah. goals. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the competition was ridiculous. <laughs> Righty, I mean, Ian Wright. Yeah. Jesus, what, what a player he was. Um, so I mean, yeah, I, the, play, I played with Righty as well, yeah. and obviously we were in the same position like he was with, with you yeah. when you followed me, really, Alan. So um, it, was, it was funny with Righty because it took him a while to score his first England goal, didn't it? I think yeah. it was like nine games or something. Um, we, we played together up front in one match. Um, he might have come on. And we were playing Cameroon at Wembley and it was minus eight. It was unbelievably cold. And um, <laughs> and we got one up in, I, I think I scored a penalty in the first half. And then in the second half, we had a corner. And I always used to, we talked about this before, I used to stand really close to the keeper. Um, and then you'd be marked, there'd be either someone on your right hand side or behind you or in front of you. And whether they're, ever that they were, I used to like dip shoulder and then come away and find like a yard of space. So I went in there and then Ian Wright was standing. I went, what are you doing? He went, oh, no, I always, I always stand here at corners. I went, huh? No, you're not today. But he kind of hung around anyway. So the, the corner, <laughs> corner came over. It got flicked on at the near post. Right, he rushes in with his foot. And I, and I just get it there before him and just knock it in. And, and I could see right, he went away try, trying to claim it. And then he, then he realised he wasn't going to get away with it. So oh, now really? you know whose goal it was, yeah. right? He, he, he was absolutely got it. Really love it. Yeah, but it, it, it is true. You, why do you think... Um, I mean, you're probably the main reason, Alan. I don't want to, you know, blow smoke up your ass. But why do you think that um, the likes of Fowler and Andy Cole didn't really 
do it at international level? It didn't happen for them like it did for you. Um, well, they were bloody good players, but there was just someone who was better than them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'd retired uh, by then Alan what are you talking about <laughs> um, I don't know you have to say I was fortunate at the time because I, as you know I hadn't scored for two years for England mm. leading up to, up to 96 so you also need a manager that believes in you yeah. that, that I think that's hugely important and is going to stick with you because inevitably at times whatever level you're playing you're going to you're going to have a bit of a dry spell as a forward um, did you ever sense Alan that Andy Cole, Robbie Fowler, all those people behind you are going, why is he always picking? Just oh, always him. Tell. Did you get a feeling that- I could tell. I could, oh, absolutely. Every time I could just see it in their faces <laughs> thinking, what the fuck's he always playing for? Why is he, why is he not leaving him out? I deserve yeah. a chance or whatever. I could, yeah. oh, without doubt, with Wrighty and Les and Coley and all of them must have hated me. Yeah. W yeah. Was you a goody two shoes though, Al? Was you one of those who was like, <laughs> manager's pet? You know what? Well, we, you know, just play me one more time. I won't let you down, Gaffer. <laughs> I can just imagine you. No, being I wasn't. One like of those horrible guys. I was still scoring thirty-seven in a season. That's why the manager believed me for my club. You see, touche. Uh, yeah. uh, it's funny. I did. Um, really close relationship with 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 Terry because Terry Venables was your coach at the mm. time with England. I didn't play for him under England, but I obviously played for him at um, at both Barcelona and Tottenham. Mm -hmm. And when you're a footballer, you don't really have a kind of personal relationship with a, a manager or, or a coach. It's, it's very unusual that you would ever kind of socialize outside of football. But I had that with Terry Venables um, when I was at Barcelona. And um, he was only there for really for a season, a bit when I was there. But we used to go, we used to go and have lunch um, with Mark Hughes as well. We were the kind of foreign players that came in, and all we ever did was talk like tactics and football and mm. and, and that sort of stuff. But it, it it was the one time in my career that I can never remember having that kind of relationship where oh, let's go out for lunch today and have a <laughs> which is really unusual, isn't it, with a manager? Terry was brilliant though, wasn't he? I oh, think, I love Terry. I think yeah. as a as a coach, mm. I think not very often that I've, I've gone through my career that, I mean, I've had brilliant relationships with some of my managers. Kenny Daglish was incredible, did it so much for me uh, and the family. But he wasn't really a coach, whereas Terry Venables was a great man manager mm. and a great coach. Yeah. I think he, he, I mean, he had, and he was, he was brilliant. He had a great relationship with all of his, all of his players, um, which is why we felt one, we let him down in the, in Hong Kong or China, wherever it was. And then we had to then make up for that in, because we, we did admire him yeah. and respect you talk, him. For those that don't know, Alan, you're talking about the dentist chair night, aren't you? When it suddenly became front page news, boys were out drinking before a tournament. We, we let him down and we let everyone down, but, he sort of stuck up for us. He's put his neck on the line for us, Terry. Backed backed everyone. So then we we all then had to repay him with some some great performances. And um, I mean, we did that. And it's it's ironic that we are talking about relationships with um, with England managers and managers. Has anyone seen the, um, the the David Beckham thing where he he really heavily criticises? Glenn Hoddle for his uh, for his response uh, after he uh, he got sent off, didn't he? I mean, I I loved Glenn Hoddle also. Mm. He gave me the England captaincy. I thought he was a mm. fantastic coach as well. So, um, but I, I I understand why David's critical of him. Didn't sort of agree with 
him and what he said after he got sent off in 98. But I mm. loved Glenn Hoddle. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. He, he hung him out to dry, though, didn't he, Al? I don't know if you've seen all the documentary. We mentioned it briefly on um, one of the other podcasts that we did. Because he criticised him, you mean? No, but so, so basically, after the, that game, and we're talking about when uh, he's put his leg up and Simeone's, yeah. Yeah. you know, done the theatrical four, mm. and he's walked off, he's been interviewed after the game, and he basically says, like, he gets asked a question and just blames basically Beckham for, for them going out of the, the tournament. And... After watching that that tournament, it went to penalties, didn't it? Yeah. That so everyone's blaming Beckham for that, but they had the chance to go through with penalties. And I just thought, now if a manager came out and did that against a player and pretty much blame him for for them, you know, losing, it it just wouldn't happen nowadays. I don't think. I mean, I, I get the criticism because he he he. he I know he was a lot younger and certainly not as mature that as perhaps he could have been. Um, and that's understandable. But he, he did kick out and he did get sent off. And mm. um, I mean, it, no, it wasn't his fault that we didn't we didn't go through. Or it wasn't his fault that we that Ince or, or Batty missed the penalties. Not at all. But yeah, we would have had a much better chance with him on the pitch. It is what it is. Uh, I don't I don't blame him at all. We all have made mistakes on a pitch that you regret. And he look back. I'm sure what he does. You can you can you can hear the. Um, you can hear the regret in his voice, but it, it happened. We don't. I didn't blame him, but I, I don't know. It, with his criticism of Glenn, I always liked Glenn. I, I know I've, mm. we all have personal reasons, but he gave me the England captaincy, one of the biggest and best things that can ever happen to you in football. So um, I like Glenn Hoddle. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've worked with Glenn a lot on television and I played with him as well. And as a footballer, he was unbelievable. And I actually think he, he was a very gifted coach. You just listen to him talk about yeah. football and he sees things in a different way, particularly tactically. He's, he's really excellent. Um, that actually the, the Beckham thing and the, the, the red card that he got and obviously the vitriol that when he came home was, was, was quite extraordinary. Um, which brings me actually to, to the subject of, um, Jordan Henderson. Um, being booed. Obviously, Gareth Southgate came out after the game and he said he just couldn't understand what, why they would do that. And I, I, I suppose it's 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 a, perhaps a mixture of of things. You know, obviously going to Saudi Arabia, um, and I think people think perhaps he shouldn't be around the squad now and stuff. But I mean, he's given so much to his his country. He's been brilliant in in tournaments. He's been um, a very very important player for Gareth Southgate. He certainly doesn't deserve to no. be booed, does he? Not in Not any shape all. or... I thought, that, I thought that was extremely, extremely harsh. Let, let me ask a question, or let me say, would I be correct in saying that I guess 98 or 99% of those people that booed him the other night, if given the same chance, put in the same position, mm. to earn £700,000 a week at 30-odd years of age, mm. would they say no? Mm. To that, I, I I suspect they probably wouldn't, Alan. Correct, um, but absolutely. I, but I think also it's become this um, frustration amongst the fans that that he he should be in the starting lineup. It's not necessarily about the fact that he's gone over there, um, but it's the kind of fact that Gareth Southgate is really stuck with him, I suppose. And yeah, but you can't blame him for that. I mean, you, the, no, honestly, I agree. I'm just trying work, to make play devil's advocate here. The work that the work that he has done off the field. 
uh, as well as on the field. I mean, he's been a great captain for uh, for Liverpool, fantastic leader, taken Liverpool to to heights that um, that they hadn't been to for a long time. Um, so. No, I, I I don't agree with the criticism of him at all. Yeah, again, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but his his um, critics would would say that he did so much for the LGBTQ plus communities, um, and by he's undone that by going to a country where um, that, those particular minorities are frowned upon. Well, he could have chosen not to do it. He could have chosen not to do any work whatsoever. He could have yep. chosen not to do any work beforehand for the NHS, for the, all the captains when he got those two together, for the LGTBQ plus community. Um, but he did. No, I'm, I'm totally with you, Alan. I'm just, you know, I'm just putting the, that, the I, other I side of the argument. It's, it, it's Gary and I. I think Henderson has been fantastic and we all know mm. that. He's been a leader. He's performed at the highest level for a while now. But the frustration comes from he's gone to a league where people don't know how good the league is and he's still playing for his country. When we used to play for our country before, you used to, you might get one, maybe one or two who were not playing or coming back from injury or something like that. But basically now, the pride of going to play for your country the level, nobody knows the level in which you have to be at to go play for your country. I think that's where the frustration comes from. So if you look at someone like Ward Prowse, mm. the start of the, you know, the start that he's had to the season at West Ham, we knew he, how good he was at Southampton in a struggling side. Now he's in a team which is performing a lot better and he still can't get a sniff. So that's where the frustration comes from, from from a football point of view. Um, yeah. And that's where I'm yeah. like, okay, Southgate has still got his favourites, but he's a manager. He can do what he wants. Correct. He can do <laughs> absolutely what he wants. And um, and if, if that's picking Jordan, as I've told you before, I said when I went to Japan, I made a conscious decision to to retire from international football because I think, you know, when you go for that, end of career sort of experience payday call it what you you like i i think personally it helps the england manager at the time if you make that decision for him yes. um but we're all different and there's yeah. no reason that why why he should do that but that's that was he just might be thinking exactly that after the euros gary mightn't he for all we know it could be we yeah. don't know um yeah. but what we do know is that being <laughs> Being the England manager, yeah. uh, unless you win every single game, and <laughs> even then, um, is is a is a pretty thankless task. Um, but yeah. you know, maybe, maybe if he wins a tournament, then we'll all love him. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> we all, we already do love him. I don't. Yeah. I, we, let's not get intertwined with this negativity around. We've we've done nothing but sing his praises mm. for years and years and years now. It's just sometimes we're frustrated because we want to see players within the team. And that's what we do as pundits. We've got, he is a top coach. He's been unbelievable. So yeah, I don't like the fact that, I don't know, people think we, we're, we're not criticizing at all. We're just observing the situation. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And we all, we all know that every single person that if, if they had the job would, would pick players that we'd go, Oh, why are you doing that? Yeah, why are you doing exactly, this? Exactly. Cause yeah. Cause we've all got an idea on that. Um, let's have a half time break. Time for some segments of orange. <laughs> <laughs> segments of orange. <laughs> 
Hola. Hello, this call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow, ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow, now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier, thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Rest is Football with Alan Shearer, Micah Richards and myself, Gary Lineker. Um, we're discussing kind of international football and who should play, who shouldn't play. Um, what do you, were your experiences like um, with being with the England squad in, in these kind of things? Because you play a match, don't they? Like England played on Friday or, and, and Scotland played a bit unlucky with the VAR decision when they lost in Spain, but you'd expect that result, I suppose. It can be quite dull being away um, with England. And I always thought it was actually worse when you, you've got, just a couple of games at home or something because you're kind of sitting in a hotel for a few days or, or St George's Park wherever it is now and and you have to make your own entertainment a little bit it's it's quite it's important to be occupied I think during those things I remember one time it was actually Gaza's first call up and we used to um, stay at Burnham Beaches and, and and train down the road there and it was um, it was a nice little old hotel and stuff but there wasn't there wasn't much to do there um, so I think he, Bobby Robson organised a, a golf day on one of these gaps where we, we didn't have a game for a while. And and it was at the local Burnham Beaches Golf Club. Um, I didn't play golf then. And I think about half the team went to actually play the golf. And then the rest of us had to meet up um, afterwards <laughs> and go and have dinner at the in the clubhouse at, at the golf course. And we, we went there and we had the food. And then the captain of the golf club stood up and he did about five, 10 minute speech. And we're all going, oh, come on, shot. We want to go home, want to go back to the hotel, want to get some sleep. <laughs> and then we're all about to leave. And Gazza had just been called up. He suddenly stands up. And we're all going, what's, what's he doing? And and he did about 45 minutes stand-up comedy. And it was it was extraordinary. And it, it was, ele- people, we were crying, we left on. I remember, um, I remember Brian Robson goes, turned to me and he went, what the fuck have we got here? Who's <laughs> <laughs> this dude? Who is this guy? Honestly, he was brilliant. He did 45 minutes. He was hysteric. Some of the jokes he messed up a little bit, which made it even funnier. Um, and you kind of, um, we were wondering, um, we were wondering what we'd got on our hands and um, we were to find out uh, the following yeah. ensuing I've got, I've got one more before we go. So, so basically, I'm in the England squad now, aren't I? I'm Big Meeks. I've, I've arrived, you know? <laughs> I'm at England. I'm at the top of my game. Please tell me 18. you came into the dressing room the first day and you arrived and you went, 
Big Meeks is here. I've arrived. <laughs> you know, similar to what Bellingham does, where he just sort of yeah. holds his hands up. I like Bellingham without up. the ability. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're at England now. So again, going to England, it was sort of like, do you remember the, the Renford rejects? It was like the rejects. So you had all your top, you had Man U, Chelsea, Liverpool, mm. Arsenal, whatever. And then you had... Like Man City, Everton, Watford. So me, Jolian, Lescott, Ashley Young, we're, we're all together. So because I'm in England now, I feel I'm, I'm, I'm like one of the guys, you know, Gerard is my mate and Lampard or whatever it is. <laughs> so we finish international break now. We're playing Chelsea away. Stamford Bridge, horrible place to go. We used to get tongue there all the time. So... We're in the tunnel now. You know, you come down in the tunnel, you're lining up and you say hello. I think I said hello to Joe Cole and it's that. Trying to say hello to, to Lampard, he only goes and blanks me. <laughs> what? Blanks Big Meeks? He blank, he absolutely blanks me. So I'm thinking, is, 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 it, is it game face? Is, is, is what not or whatever? So the pit, um, as we're going out to the, to the pitch now, I'm thinking, has, has he just, as he just blanked me. It was only last week we was together in England camp. I thought we was mates. So now, I'm in my own head, aren't I? I'm in my own head. I'm thinking, I'm going to fucking smash him the first chance I get. <laughs> Honestly, the highlights in that game, yeah. it was about six or seven nil to Chelsea. I'm at fault for at least five of the goals. <laughs> there was one instance, I'm, I'm telling you, there's one instance where he gets the ball. I'm, I'm in my head, I'm looking at him, you know, like you're on the pitch and you're following someone around where he's going to be. When he comes into my zone, I'm going to do him this, that and the other. He plays outside of the football and I think I've got it, but he goes blindside of me or whatnot. And Drogba just finishes it off. And he got into your head, It gets even better because it goes to match of the day. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to absolutely get killed by you two, these two Herberts who I'm working with now. <laughs> Herberts? <laughs> and luckily, luckily, you went for Javi Garrido, the left back, started yeah. talking about his positioning, this, that, and the other. Yeah. So I got, I got, away, got away with, with it. Gary, can you remember that? That, that night, honestly, when we are in Match <laughs> of the Day, we said, that this kid is shit. Yeah. This, this, this youngster at City, he's played for England. How on earth is shit? We can't attack him yeah. on Match Alan, of the Day. Micah, Alan was going to put you away, but I said to him, I said... <laughs> Let's 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 leave him alone. Let's let's go easy on him because one day I've got a feeling we'll be doing a podcast together. <laughs> so what had happened at the, after the end of the game, Micah? Did you did you see him or what? So so, so after the game or whatnot, it's it's come on. You, you're embarrassed, are you? Because you two won't feel it as a strike. Maybe say say you going through and you you should score and you should win the game. It's similar to that. But I would say it's a little bit worse because you've you've cost your team, you know? So afterwards, I see him again. We're back in England camp now. We're back there now. And I'm thinking, how 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 do I approach this, you know? Like I'm I'm big meeks, but in England camp, I'm little meeks, you know? I can't <laughs> throw my weight around. And we was in the physio room, and basically he, he shook my hand, he said, I'm one of the good guys, you know. 
Um, I was just in the zone. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty shy. So if it come across arrogant, I apologise. I said, you could have fucking told me that at the fucking game. I've, I've got something here, Micah. I've just, I've, just, I've, just, I've just been sent something by one of our, our producers. And it's a picture here. I don't know whether you can see it. I'll hold it up there. Of There you go. Look. That's a picture with Frank Lampard looking very angrily at a young Big Meeks. He's he was calling all the sorts of C-words. He was like, F4, who, who is this? Who is this uh, brilliant. Oh, so yeah. It was uh, it was good times, but it was bad times yeah. at the same time. Yeah, um, Italy next uh, for England. Obviously, that's a qualifier that he'll, he'll he'll choose his absolute first choice lineup uh, for that. Who would you like to see in it? It's it's, it's tough, isn't it? Because the J- John Stones is back now. Maguire, mm. although he's not been starting, he's sort of a hero. The other day when he got the assist from McTominay. Um, Bellingham's the one that we want yeah, to see. Yeah, we're looking it, forward to that. I mean, I know we've talked about him many times on this, but I'm just so excited to see how far he can go now. You know, mm. that's what I'm looking forward to. And seeing if we can play, because there was, there was a stage for six months where we was playing some incredible football. It seems to have dipped a little bit. Well, it's new players season, and all that. isn't it? Yeah, of, of course. Um but just play that free-flowing football. I'd love to see Madison again. I think he's outstanding in that number 10 role. I don't think he had his best game the other day, but he was but still trying to Bellingham's make things happen. But I now playing in that role, isn't he? So he's just going to... He could play him off the left, though, could, couldn't he? He could play anywhere on that top part of the pitch, I suppose. Yeah. Good news um, this week, um, that Euros in 2028 will be um, in Great Britain and the Republic of Ireland. Mm. Um, hosting... Ooh. I know people will say we hosted the Euros um, a few years ago, but it was just the semis and the final, really, wasn't it? Whereas this is the whole thing. So that's that's something to to look forward to. Yeah, it'll be a great atmosphere. I mean, we had it. We had it. I know it was in '96, um, and to be part of that then, um, it was amazing. The atmosphere in the in the stadium at Wembley for mm. us as England players didn't half help us. I, I know we the, uh, we didn't get to the final, but the atmospheres in those games were some of the best I've ever played in. That Holland one, mm. that whole, that game against Holland at Wembley that night was probably the best atmosphere I've played in, in an England shirt. It was unbelievable. So I was there cheering you on now. Were you there, were you? Yeah, I was there yeah. watching. It was um, amazing. So it'll, it'll be something similar again. So yeah, I, I think it's that's it's great news. It's it's more football, and which brings me to the subject of the complaints of Virgil van Dijk um, this week, saying players are are playing too much football. Um, somebody's got to start speaking up um, to protect players, etc. What did you think of that? Nonsense. Alan, you're shaking your head. Place. Nonsense. Players are playing too much football. What? I mean, come on. You're getting paid... Hunt- I know that you shouldn't ever mention the money, but the biggest squad... Have- they got bigger squads than ever. got mm. more substitutes than ever. Um, you're getting paid more money than ever. You've got the best physios. You've got the best technology. You've got the best of everything. Do me a favour. Playing too much football. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's old school. He's, he's old, old, old school. Do you agree with me or what, lads? Well, my point would be that they are asked to play a lot of football and and, and they are asked to fly all over the world to, to do that at times, depending on who you play for. Say the South American players in particular, I would say. Um, and the private jets. 
Um, well, I, you know what my views on private jets are. I should be banned. But um, so, however they travel, it's it it is still tiring. My complaint is not for the footballers themselves, although you know he would say he's, he's you know perhaps his injury was caused by tiredness. Who knows? But for me, I think we need to think about players' welfare because for the good of the game, to keep the game as entertaining as possible, that players are as fit. But didn't he? Didn't he say it was it was England? That where they play too it, much. Well, football. he did, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Rather well, there than there is a lot of football than, in England. I mean, international international football. I, I sort of get and understand mm, yeah. um, because they're they're just creating and creating more games, and I know why they're doing it. We all know why they're doing it. They're doing it for for financial reasons. Um, but I mean, here here in England, it's it, yeah. You can tell I don't really agree with that. No, I mean, well, I suppose I we've said, got a League Cup and a you know and an FA Cup. Um, but they we don't play in the League Cup until we still have replays in the FA Cup, so you end up playing. Um, again, I'm playing devil's advocate here because Alan feels so strongly about Micah? it. Yeah, I, I think I, coming on this this podcast today, I probably would have disagreed, but I, I understand what you're saying, to be honest. Alan, I just think sometimes the standard of football drops with the amount of games. Do you know? Sometimes when you're playing free games a week and you made a good point they've got more bigger squads than ever if you've got a squad of 25 and they're all top internationals you should be able to cope but I just think the way football's going at times is it just feels like it's just become too much of an entertainment business rather than the quality of football and I think I'd, we don't ever want to go down the road of it just being about how much money football can make with the amount of games that we can play, if you know what I mean. It's more about the quality. Like, we always talk about the Premier League is the best and most entertaining. We have to keep it that way. And sometimes there's too many games. And the fixtures, is the fixtures, isn't it? I don't necessarily think there's too many games. It's the, the too many games in that short period of time is where... I would agree with with Van Dyke. Just before we go, um, a former England player, um, one of the greats, Wayne Rooney, has got the job at Birmingham. Um, John Eustace was was let go. They were sixth in the league, um, which is a, it's a bit tough on him. What do you make of it? He better um, do well because mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that. I mean, he's a he's a he's a huge name. Um, we know the the part that uh, Tom Brady is there now and um, the influence that he may have had in, in sort of getting him there. Uh, yeah, it was very harsh on uh, on Eustace, but that's football, isn't it? But the one thing that he has to do now is because of where they were when he took over in sixth position and doing really well, he has to go in and he has to get a very good start. Otherwise, it uh, it might turn pretty ugly quickly. Um, but yeah, very very harsh on the previous manager. Spoke to a um, Birmingham City fan uh, just last week and he was flabbergasted. Really? And so Alan is completely right. It's going to take a little bit of the fans to get used to this new Hollywood-style approach. But the question I asked him, I said, well, if it works, it'll all be all right. Football is cutthroat, isn't it? Yeah. And... We don't like it. We don't like to see managers losing a job when a six in the in the championship. Of course, we don't. 
But in, if it's for the long-term gain, then this should look further field. Um, but yeah, it was still, it was still harsh. Um, but that's football. Mm. That's the industry. We're really in. interesting. Yeah, Actually, I think his first game is um, up against his old teammate, isn't it? Michael Carrick, Middlesbrough. Ooh. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. So that's their uh, that's their first game. So they picked a, that's up a, a little tough, bit. Middlesbrough. Yeah, they have, they've yeah. picked that's, up. Yeah. yeah, it's a tough start for him, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Some good games coming up in the, the Championship with the Mighty Foxes at the top of the league. I just thought I'd give you our <laughs> weekly reminder of that. Enjoy it while I can. Um, um, we'll finish with the um, moment of the week. I don't know whether you've seen it. Uh, the Gillingham interim boss Keith Millen. Did you see it? He was sent. He got sent off for tripping over <laughs> the, uh, one of Warsaw's players who was coming off off the pitch at the time, and he just stuck out a leg. It's a bit of banter, though, isn't it? Yeah. Come on, we have a bit of fun in our in our game. We can't do anything anymore. Getting sent off for a little trip. Come on. Yeah, but he's the manager. You know, he's not. Like- <laughs> Imposing manager. Uh, That's what makes it better. Yeah. We're all lauding Roy when he's saying, do you want some? You remember when Roy, Roy, Roy was the beginning of the season? Line. Yeah, what was the other one? Was it, was it Alan Pardew who had one, didn't he? Pardew, yeah. On the, he, on he, the, went, he headbutted someone, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, do you remember um, Alan Pardew's little jig at Wembley when they went one the up? Do you remember that? Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> He was giving it all the bogling and all that and he ended up losing, I think. Yeah. Oh. Do you see it was fantastic? I can think of another word. <laughs> uh, touchline feuds. Uh, touch, uh, managerial touchline feuds. Um, you can't beat them. Um, that's it from us. Um, the rest is football this week. Thanks once again for all your support. Um, kind words. They're much appreciated. And um, on the occasions when you um, send us your questions as well um, from me, goodbye. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Have a good week.